2: Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring My Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC.
3: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, May 22nd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, hear from Gulf Coast advocates standing in solidarity against offshore drilling in Mississippi waters.
0: Horrible like another BP. It's just an utter disaster that killed people. You had loss of life. You had uh, beaches from Texas to Florida destroyed and hurt a lot of people economically.
3: Then find out what's next for the family of a black man who was shot by a white police officer in Tupelo. And after everyday tech, leaders in the arts and academic communities are hoping a new collaboration sheds light on past civil rights efforts and spurs a modern movement. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi Gulf Coast residents, advocates, and leaders are standing against new oil and gas leasing and drilling in Mississippi's waters and the Gulf of Mexico. A small group gathered on the beach in Gulfport Saturday for a day of unity known as Hands Across the Sand. The event is an international day of unity to raise awareness about the consequences of offshore drilling. This year, the group has more at stake as the Trump administration has moved to open new areas like the Eastern Gulf of Mexico and Atlantic to drilling. Howard Page is a Mississippi organizer with the Gulf Restoration Network. He tells MPB's Evelina Burnett the event connects like-minded people.
0: Our Hands Across the Sand event is uh, something we've done for a couple years now, and it's a chance for everyone to come out and and meet people on the beach here that are kind of of a like mind and just to express your concern about not having another BP disaster and to be aware of of the dangers of offshore oil, oil drilling and to make sure that we do that safely and also that we look for alternatives.
4: Is the event just being held here?
0: The event is actually, it started out nationally, and and we've been participating since then, but it's actually gone international. So all around the globe today, people are joining on beaches and bodies of water around the globe and just coming out for this moment of solidarity.
4: Do you have any particular concerns here in Mississippi?
0: Well, one of the main things we're working on right now with the Gulf Restoration Network is to not have any additional oil leases. The oil companies lease land offshore because they're owned by the American people, so they have to get a lease to, to put an oil well in there. Presently, only 18 percent of the existing leases are being drilled. So the, there are plenty of, of lands that are already leased out offshore that can continue to be drilled for, for up to 50 more years and lots of new potentials for drilling. So what we want is no new leasing. We, we want to start moving to, to, a, to a better future and a better energy uh, economy.
4: Are these federal waters or state waters that um, you are referring to?
0: They're actually both. So, so there are federal and state. The federal laws apply, you know, in both. But uh, they're, they are—they're actually uh, both waters, and uh, and we all need energy, but uh, we. we we, we presently are getting more than we need offshore. There's much more efficiency onshore now. We have a glut of oil and gas. And uh, and also, we finally have really good alternatives in solar and wind. And, and so the the riskiest drilling, which is done offshore and especially in deep water, we, we really need to start moving away from that.
4: Now, in Mississippi, there really hasn't been any movement on having new lease sales since um there was a lawsuit cited against the state a few years ago have you heard if there's anything moving forward on that front
0: yes there there are still uh, efforts uh state and federally to increase oil drilling and to allow the oil companies to get more more uh leases offshore um but uh again there's a lot of opposition to that there's a lot of concern about that a lot of concern about the effects of that you know on our waters on our beaches on our tourism and fishing so that issue is still a major concern
4: Okay. And what are some of your sort of concerns about offshore drilling?
0: Well, one of the main one would be seeing something horrible like another BP. That's just an utter disaster that, that killed people. You know, you had loss of life. You had uh, beaches from Texas to Florida destroyed. You had economies of fishermen and tourists and, and other uh, other efforts that were um Totally put to a standstill and hurt a lot of people economically. Really hurt a lot of lives. So we don't want to see that. But we also don't want to see something like what still goes on off of uh, the coast of Louisiana with Taylor Oil, where there's a a, a well there that cannot that is not being repaired and it, it's a slow constant leak. Also, there's a lot of uh, facilities out there that that, that continue to pose risks. So. So the the riskiest way to extract oil is offshore, and it, it's even riskier when you do it in really deep water. So, so our concerns is, is all of those those risks that exist offshore. Our our concerns with the offshore drilling is also that we really haven't tightened up the rules uh, since the BP disaster. There were some efforts by the federal government to to have some better rules and just some more common sense regulation of offshore drilling, but the new administration has moved very quickly in concert with the um, oil companies to to back off on those rules. So so unfortunately, in a lot of ways, we're very close to being back where we were uh, pre-BP, where there was very poor uh, rules and very poor oversight of the rules.
4: What do you say to folks who are worried about security, economic implications of not having enough domestic energy source and and who look to offshore drilling as being a part of that?
0: I completely agree that uh, energy is part of our security uh, concerns. Uh, and, and there's always been, for that reason, there's always been a prohibition on exporting energy. Um, but, but with the present glut of oil and, uh, and gas onshore right now and, it, and the increase of solar and wind energy available, it's really not a concern. We're actually becoming more and more energy independent. Uh, the concern would be is you have another disaster like BP that destroys the fishing economy, destroys other elements of the economy, poisons our waters... And, uh, you know, we're still having turtle and dolphin mortality and, you know, dying here on the coast. That's that has that continues. And it's a great concern. So so, you know, the, the concern to our security is just to destroy our natural resources through a very risky uh, activity that, that we can get energy in a lot smarter ways. And and we think that the policies we're advocating actually do work toward our national security.
3: Thank you. Hands Across the Sand events were held in more than a dozen states and several countries this weekend. Coming up, the family of a man killed by police is still holding on to the hope for justice. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
1: On the next Mississippi roads, it's strange and unique places in Mississippi. We feature an airplane recovery yard in a unique place. The first international museum of Muslim culture in the nation is in Jackson. We look at how and why it was established in Mississippi. And we visit local artist Johnny Knight's treehouse in Mendenhall. I'm Walt Grayson. Join me on the next Mississippi Roads. Thursday at 7 p.m. on MPB TV.
3: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The attorney representing the family of a man shot by a Tupelo police officer is reacting to federal prosecutors' decision not to pursue civil rights charges. Tupelo officer Tyler Cook shot Antoine Ronnie Schumpert after he ran from a traffic stop in Lee County last June. Cook is white. Shumpert was black. Shumpert's family attorney, Carlos Moore, says the disappointed family will move forward seeking $35 million in damages in a civil suit against the city. The city of Tupelo says federal and state authorities did not find enough evidence to prosecute the officer. The city also says it will not comment further because of the civil lawsuit. Moore tells MPB's Mark Rigsby the officer used excessive force. The
1: family uh, is understandably disappointed. Um, they uh, were very, very disappointed uh, with the Department of Justice and the FBI uh, stating that they could not go forward and prosecute the case. Uh, to the family, it's very clear that there was excessive force. Uh, it harkens back to Bill Connor's days in Birmingham when he sick dogs on. African-Americans, uh, a dog was sick on their loved one, and then their loved one was shot not once but four times. They know that their loved one, Mr. Shumpert, was uh, unarmed, and he was running from a simple routine traffic stop. That should not have uh, necessitated uh, the death penalty. Tyler Cook made himself judge, you're an executioner, and that's unacceptable. And We will go forward in the civil trial. Uh, we believe that a blind man could have seen that this was excessive force.
5: The announcement by the Justice Department says that there wasn't enough evidence to proceed with hate crime charges. Do you think there was enough evidence?
1: Yes. If the um, Justice Department had done a very thorough job, as I'm doing in the silver case, they would have had the evidence necessary to go forward. I have retained a forensic pathologist as well as a a use of force expert that tells me that they're... uh, was excessive force, and it tells me things that uh, uh, would need to be known uh, to prove the case. Uh, so we believe, had, had they taken the necessary steps, they could have uh, gathered the evidence. Um, I, I asked on point blank that they hired forensic pathologist, and they told me no.
5: When the Justice Department was describing in their announcement the series of events that led up to the shooting of Ronnie Shumpert by Officer Cook, they acknowledged that the canine did bite Mr. Shumpert, but there was always a question of how the injuries to Mr. Shumpert's groin area were inflicted. Do you think that all of this adds up?
1: I believe it does not add up. Uh, There was no, I've deposed Tyler Cook, and there was no urgency that existed. Um, he, He kept saying over and over that uh, he, uh, there was very little time and he had to do what he did, but there were other officers in the vicinity. There was no urgency. Uh, Mr. Shumpert was barricaded under a house. Uh, the city has trained negotiators, uh, that could have got him and uh, negotiated his, uh, successful surrender, uh, to the cops without using force. So we're just left. We're just bewildered. The family is simply bewildered to figure out why Tyler Cook did what he did. And we know had Antoine Shumpert been a white man, Tyler Cook would not have done, uh, what he did, he would have not escalated the, the situation. He would have de-escalated it, and that man would be alive. But because of his race, uh, he was treated worse than a hound dog. He was double teamed by K-9 and Tyler Cook, and Tyler Cook should have had to face the law. Unfortunately, uh, he got a pass by the federal judicial system as well as the state uh, judicial system, and it's up to us to, to make him um, pay civilly, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to trial in December, and we're going full Speed ahead to get justice uh, for Antoine Schumper.
5: So you're saying you've already deposed Officer Cook? I have. How much are you allowed to talk about that deposition?
1: We're not going to try the case in the media. The case is set for uh, for trial uh, in December. And so uh, I deposed him for eight hours and I have, um, I have what I need and we're going
5: forward and uh, nothing adds up. Your series of events did not match his series of events and then possibly did not match the Justice Department or the City of Tupelo's series of events.
1: There are lots of inconsistencies. I can tell you Tyler Cook doesn't even know if he was punched uh, by Mr. Shumpert or if he was uh, uh, slapped with open hand. I mean, anyone that's ever been punched, whether or not you can see the punch, you would know if it was a punch or a hand slap. So we believe that... Um, there's a lie somewhere, and we are going to make sure the liar lies are manifest at the, uh, at the trial.
5: Who was in the room during this deposition?
1: The lawyers for the city and Mr. Cook, as well as uh, members of the family of uh, Mr. Shumpert and uh, the other uh, plaintiff, Mr. Foster.
5: And what was the feeling like in the room? I'm sure there was some tension.
1: for the family at times uh, to hear the man um, talk so uh, remorsefully uh, about the killing of their, their loved one.
5: Did he ever offer an apology?
1: He did not, to my recollection.
5: What was the most interesting thing that he said during the deposition?
1: It would all be at trial. Um, it's eight hours of deposition.
5: moore attorney for the shumpert family thanks for being on mississippi edition thank you
3: the civil trial is scheduled in federal court in december coming up a unique partnership between a state college and art museum has some leaders hopeful for race relations that's after everyday tech this is mississippi edition on mpb think radio
6: i'm dr josie bidwell the new host of southern remedy healthy and fit From exercise and diet to wellness and stress relief, this is the show for you. Email your questions, comments, and show ideas to healthy at mpbonline.org. And listen for me, Dr. Josie Bidwell, on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, Mondays at 11 on MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone, Surgeons in Hattiesburg. And today we're going to be talking about services offered by Google, and there are a lot of them. So we won't get to all of them today, but we'll touch on a few that you are probably familiar with. And if you're not, we'll give you a little bit more information on them. Jeremy, good morning, sir.
2: Good morning. How are you, Sherita?
6: Doing very well. So one of the most popular Google services uh, that most people are familiar with is the Google search engine. This search engine is something about the way that it pulls up information when you're searching for something. Uh, Talk about that idea of the difference of a Google search engine in comparison to some others.
2: The thing that makes Google uh, so awesome and why it's the go-to for searches is because they have uh, really, really efficient algorithms for what you're searching for. So the thing that sets them aside is that algorithm. And they're always they're always modifying it. They're always making it better. And uh, they actually kind of control the way the web works because when Google says, okay, um, we're uh, we're going to prioritize sites that have mobile pages over websites that work better on desktops, then we will prioritize those people who have mobile sites. So they'll they'll basically, I mean, they literally control how people could how they build their pages because everybody started building mobile pages, mobile-friendly pages to allow them to show up higher in Google's rankings.
6: Staying along the lines of search engines, one way to get to a search engine is through a particular web browser. Google Chrome is another that I'm very familiar with. It is lightning fast and it is one of Google's most popular products. Uh, so talk a little bit about Google Chrome and why you think it is the most used web browser in the world. And that's a, a quote from eCloudBuzz.com.
2: I've been using it for about eight years now. Um, I was a big Firefox fan for a long time, and then Chrome came out, and it was just like you said. It's just super fast. I also love the fact that uh, in Chrome, where your website address is up at the top, you can literally just type your search in there, and it'll search Google right through that bar. You don't even have to go to Google.com. Google's built into it. It is, it's super fast, it's got lots of apps and things that you can add on to it, so there's really great ways to block pop-ups and different uh, things that you want to control when you're on the internet.
6: Now another one that is uh, extremely resourceful is Google Drive. So in my Google Drive I have videos, I have pictures, um, I even have documents in it. Uh, Could you talk a a little bit about some of the things offered within Google Drive and to my understanding uh, when I use the service it's free up to a certain point?
2: It is free. I believe they offer you five gigabytes for your Google Drive so you can load that up with whatever you want, be it pictures or documents or whatever. Um, But uh, speaking of documents, if you use those, it will use the Google Docs platform, to view any kind of thing that you have in your Google Drive as far as, like, Word documents or spreadsheets or anything like that. So Google Drive is available on your iPhones and your Androids as well as your desktops. So it provides a seamless way to synchronize your files across multiple devices, which is just wonderful.
6: Yeah. Also, I wanted to talk a little bit about Google Maps. Now, this just kind of may be left up to preference. Do you think Google Maps kind of stands out when it comes to GPS systems or other map systems, or are most of them pretty much on the same level?
2: No. In fact, um, I'm a big fan of Google Maps as well. I use it on my phone all the time, especially when I'm out of town. Um, it's usually right and when it's not, they have a really great system built into where you can actually flag that thing that you can say, hey, this is not here, and it's located here on this part of the map, and they'll actually go in and they'll update it. Um, I've had to do that for a friend of mine that lived out in Dixie, and um, every time I would try to get to his house, it would always try to take me the wrong way, and so I went in there and corrected it, and I tried to pull it up recently, and they, they've gone in there and fixed the route. So Google Maps is really great. Um, when Google announced that their Maps platform on Android phones was going to be doing turn-by-turn navigation, now this was several years ago, but when it happened, the stock in Garmin and other GPS companies just plummeted because that was, I mean, that's their bread and butter, and now everybody's got it in their pocket, and they can just put it up in their dash and get turn-by-turn. You can even talk to it, and you can even flag it with OK Google and tell it, hey, I want to stop at uh, a coffee shop on the way, or I need to get gas, and it'll find the closest one to you and add that to your route without taking away your final destination.
6: All right, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Google services and we'll also talk about some alternatives as well on Everyday Tech, the show this coming Wednesday morning at 10. You can always send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Jeremy Thompson, I'm Sharita Brent. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. Thanks for listening.
0: Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB
1: Think Radio.
3: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Tugaloo College and the Mississippi Muse- Museum of Art are teaming up to launch the Art and Civil Rights Initiative. Mississippi was the location for much of the civil rights movement of the mid-20th century. The new multi-year program will showcase exhibits from Tugaloo's art collection as well as works from the museum showing the influence of social causes on artists. It will also include lectures and workshops geared to discussing past and present civil rights issues. Tougaloo Tougaloo President Beverly Wade-Hogan tells MPB's Alexis Ware the collaboration will make community connections.
7: We are now seeing the collaborative partnership between Tougaloo College and the Mississippi Museum of Art for the art and civil rights project that was funded by the Henry Luce Foundation. And this will um, allow Tougaloo College and the Mississippi Museum of Art to work together on exhibits, uh, broadening our art and Making the connection with the larger community, we will share a staff person who will be a curator. We will have an opportunity to fund student scholarships and internships, and to actually catalog and digitize a lot of our art so that it can be, you know, technologically shared in different ways with a broader audience. So I think, and having conversations around the art uh, in some some public forums, uh, we're looking forward to doing that. Is this a specific kind of art? No, Tuvalu has a significant art collection that was begun during the civil rights movement, born out of an interest by an exchange student he visited Tougal College. Steve Ashton, and he shared that with his sister, Dora, who was a former New York Times critic, and she wrote to a professor of art here, Ron Snail, who was very instrumental in organizing the art collection and expressed an interest in organizing a committee there in New York uh, to form an art center in the heart of Mississippi. And This was the 1960s. And it kind of grew out of their expression. They're wanting to help, uh, wanting to make sure that art is like connect people, and that's how it got started. So it had its genesis during the Civil Rights Movement. That's why art and civil rights, what does that mean? And so that's the connection that we're making now with the Art and Civil Rights Project. A unique kind of perspective because people don't always think about art having any bearings on civil and human rights. But it really touches us. It touches our soul and it really speaks to our own humanity. And, and particularly during the Civil Rights Movement when everybody was were a lot of frustrations and, um, and dissatisfaction about the state of the world affairs and, and the turbulence that was going on among the races. And the artists decided to show their expressions and they began to art began to uh, develop art and donate art and there were many african-americans and uh european-americans who were involved in this process
4: what is your hope moving forward what do you hope that this says for current students and future students of
7: particularly art is used here as a teaching tool but it's also as an extension into the community look at the culture needs and and raising that level of thinking and engagement and so we want to do that we would probably put um some of our art on exhibit downtown at the Mississippi Museum of Art. Uh, people come here all the time and look at the art, but we want to make sure that we've to have a broader base of engagement around the art and at a time now where people are divided in this nation and people are unsettled and they're confused and they're not trusting. We hope to use art again as an instrument to build bridges to our connective humanity.
4: Everly Wade Hogan is the president of Tickle College. Thank you so much for speaking with me today.
7: Thank you.
3: President Donald Trump has called for cuts to the National Endowment for the Arts and National Endowment for Humanities. Mississippi Democratic Congressman Benny Thompson says it's important to preserve history.
7: The program that we're talking about here at Tougaloo College, uh, National Endowment for the Arts and other things, uh, those programs are scheduled to be eliminated. Well, you know, we're only as good as a country as we are in protecting our history and our culture. And if we decide that our history and our culture is not worth preserving, then what does that say about us as a nation? So I'm going to oppose cuts to the National Endowment for the Arts, National Endowment for the Humanities, uh, because we're only as good uh, going forward as we are uh, protecting and preserving the past.
3: The initiative is funded by the Henry Luce Foundation. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9, Deep South Dining. At 10, it's Now You're Talking. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. If you missed part of the show today, find episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition. only on MPB Think Radio.
2: Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring Trustmark Deposit Express, ATMs for business and personal banking. No deposit slips, no envelopes, no waiting. Most deposits made by 9 p.m. weekdays are credited that day. Details at Trustmark.com, member FDIC.